Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our study. Um, Today, we are starting a new book of the Bible. We're studying the book of Ruth. I am really excited to start this study. It's um, we've not done this on our Bible studies, uh, uh, Eternity Bible Study uh, series. Um, I've read this through once before, uh, a couple of times in church. But uh, I'm really excited for us to go through it with McGee, and you too. Um, And I know Matali is too. So, um, we just got through the dark, gloomy time of the judges. Uh, uh, The dark, gloomy time of the judges where people were putting their trust in, in whatever the judges had to say. And of course, the judges were just ordinary people, nothing special. And the judges were leaning on their own wisdom rather than God's wisdom. It's much like the times today. And we see all these things in the news about cases going to this court or that court or the Supreme Court or this court. Or people, you know, bringing all their problems as if they don't have the answers. So we finished up the book of Judges. Um... In chapter 21, verse 25, it finishes up with this just kind of a disaster, um, basically, as it boils down to, after Moses brings all the people they, you know, out of Egypt, they're lost in the desert, they finally cross the Jordan, they finally get in the promised land, they finally get their inheritance, and then there's no rest. They don't even get all of their inheritance. They were promised 100,000 acres, and they only took, actually, possession of about 10,000 acres. People had lack of faith. They weren't following God's Word. They weren't holding on to God's wisdom. And now they're placing their hope and trust in the judges. And you get these ordinary people using their own ordinary wisdom, And in the end, as the verdict, I'm calling it the verdict of Judges, which is the final verse in Judges, Judges 21, verse 25, quote, everyone was doing what was right in his own eyes. 
It's like today. Everyone today is doing what's right in their own eyes. They don't look to God's wisdom. There's no standard of right and wrong. Right and wrong is always a shifting goalpost. It just depends what political party you're from. Right and wrong changes with the politics. Right and wrong changes with the way the wind is blowing. And that is the background with which Ruth takes place. McGee says, in this dark background of the judges, you get this bright love story. But it doesn't look like a bright love story to start with because it doesn't look like very much of a love story. It's a love story that occurs in really bad hardship. As a matter of fact, love's not mentioned, but it's it's seen in the way these people are acting. Okay, so it shows how deep love is, and we could probably draw a correlation. At some point in this study, maybe we will, on the, the great um, um, description of love from Corinthians, that what love is, it is patient, it is kind, it is loyal. All, you know, all these things about what love is, is probably lived out here in Ruth. And love is also lived out in the life of Jesus Christ. So there's a few things that tie Ruth to, to the book, you know, the book of Ruth to Jesus. It's all about love, about living out love, about showing what love is. In this time of the book of Judges, when people couldn't live out God's word, God's is love, God's word is love, but they couldn't live it out. They were basing all their hope on the judges to try to help them sort out their lives when they should have been trusting in God because God would show them how to live. God's Word showed them. So we see love being exhibited in the life of Ruth, as we'll see. But it ties to Jesus in a little bit different way, too, as McGee says, because it's talking about Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And this lineage comes from the Aphrodites, um, which is a clan um, in the city of Bethlehem, the tribe of Judah. That's of the family of David. That's where David comes from. And then that's, of course, the family of David was the family of the coming Messiah. So a lot of the backdrop of this is pointing towards the family of David, and that points to the family of Jesus. So, we start in chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, again, the backdrop is in the dark times of the judges, okay, when people aren't even depending on the Word of God, they're depending on people. There was a famine in the land, um, and again, the backdrop of this love story is hardship. And, of course, sometimes God gives a blessing of rain and food, and then sometimes it's held back. Um, and out of this famine, though, 
God's will being done. There was a famine in the land. And of course, you know, we saw famine in the land of Egypt. And out of that came forth, you know, Moses to deliver his people. Now we've got a famine in the land of Bethlehem. In the land of Judah. And out of that famine is going to come forth forth someone even greater than Moses. It's going to be eventually the Lord Jesus. So we get this famine in the land, and a man and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. So in other words, there was a man there that left Bethlehem. And he went to visit the, the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now, Moab, remember, is across the Jordan. Moab was not the promised land. Moab was when a lot of the people of Israel got over there to the Jordan. Some of them said, look, we don't want to go across the Jordan. There's giants over there. There's people over there we have to fight, and we don't want to go over there. We're going to stay over here. And a lot of them raised pigs. So they turned into pig farmers over there in the land of Moab. And um, so it's like we've seen the prodigal son going out and playing with the pigs. Well, these were the people who wanted to stay with the pigs. So how desperate it became for someone to leave the promised land to leave God's promises. There was famine. That's how desperate it is. In the background of the judges, how, this was a tragic thing. A man's trying to keep his family alive. They leave Bethlehem and Ju- Judah, the land of Judah. He and his wife and his two boys, the name of the man was uh, Elimelech, okay? And literally that means God is my king. Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. Her name translates into sunshine. So you got God is my king, married to sunshine. Okay, so these two people, you know, point towards God. Okay, either names do. And the name of his two sons was uh, Malon and Kylon. Now, Malon translates into puny, and Kylon means unhealthy according to uh, McGee. (laughs) So it's a couple of rough names for these boys, uh, but it kind of foreshadows that they're not going to survive very long because of the famine, perhaps, or just their unhealthy little boys. Um, Could you imagine if you name your kid, you have your babies, and you look at them, "Mm, he's puny, okay, because maybe he was a small baby. And then Kylon, maybe he was just, you know, he was just an unhealthy little baby looking, so they named him unhealthy. So anyway, lousy names there. Um, so they they were, um, so as, as the verse 2 continues, they were um, uh, Ephrites, that's their clan, I'm probably mispronouncing it, from Bethlehem and Judah. Again, this points towards the eventual family lineage of David. So they went into the country of Moab and remained there, okay? They're looking for food. They're trying to stay alive. Verse 3, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. 
and she was left with these two puny kids, these two sons. And that's terrible. Can you imagine how so, just tragic that is for Naomi? Now she's a widow with two boys trying to keep them alive, trying to look for food. These took Moabite wives. Okay, so now they're in the land of Moab. They get married. It's probably the logical thing to do because they've got to start families. They're probably old enough. There's nobody left for them, you know, um, um, back in the old country. So they, and there was no law that forbids them to marry Moabite wives. But um, it was discouraged because the Moabites had commitments to other gods. And um, so in any event, um, we don't know a lot about the faith of these two wives, but uh, the name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they lived there about 10 years. And both Malon and Kylon died. So now you've got Naomi. The woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Boom! Total disaster for Ruth. Ruth is, I mean, excuse me, total disaster for Naomi. She's been stripped of everything. She has no home. She has no money. She has no food. She has no social standing. She has no friends, no neighbors, no family. Her natural husband is gone. Her natural sons are gone. She's at rock bottom. You want to be at rock bottom? She's at rock bottom. This is reminding me a little bit of like the book of Job. You know, the female version of the book of Job. She's got nothing. So then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return home from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab, they must have been out there working in the fields, that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Perhaps the Lord now has brung rain. Perhaps the Lord has used this famine to unite Ruth and Naomi. We don't know. I mean, we can only speculate on God's big plan, but look at what is happening here. Now, he's drawing her back. Verse 7, So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. They're returning to the land of Judah. Now, a little bit of sort of foreshadowing of what Jesus compels us to do. To return. What does the word repent mean? It means to turn. So, uh, you know, it's almost like a visual display of repenting. Repenting. We're looking for bread over here in the land of Moab. God calls us to return and I'll give you bread. I'll give you water. I'll give you living water and I'll give you the bread of life. So it's it's like a physical description of of repentance. You're returning to have to be fed in abundance.
Okay? So, she returns from Moab back to the land of Judah. And she's, she's, she's setting out to go. She has a, she, so, they're on their way to go. They're on the road. They're on the way. Verse 8, but Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, now can you imagine, they're out there on the highway trying to head home, back. But Naomi says, go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you you have dealt with the dead and with me. So in other words, what she's saying now, so she's telling her daughters, look, I'm going home, that there's food there. And they're starting to go with her. And as they start to go with her, what does she do? She says, no, no. We've got, I mean, these two girls are showing love for their mother-in-law to go with her. The mother-in-law is showing love right back to the girls to say, look, you don't need to come with me. I'll be okay on my own. You guys are young. I am old. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Go home. Go back to your mom's house. It's kind of a foreshadowing that return to your mother because the mother helps you get married to prepare the daughter to get married again. It's okay with me for you to get married again. The Lord grant you, verse 9, that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. In other words, I want you guys, I want you girls to get married again, and I hope you find peace and rest in the house of your husband. And then she kissed them. Again, she's selfless. She kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Okay? Again, love is thinking of the other person to the to the point of it's a sacrificial love. And this is on display here. We are seeing, you know, this story could have said, oh, she loved him so very much. It doesn't say that. It shows you she loved them very much. These girls were loyal. It didn't say they were loyal. They sh- it shows you how loyal they are by their actions. So, we're going to stop here. We're just getting started in this love story in this book of Ruth. Now, the love hasn't been mentioned one time, but we're seeing some of the, some of the most powerful examples of what love is right here. And this is the kind of love that we see coming from the Lord Jesus. We love him because he first loved us. So we'll stop here. We'll take take up uh, the story this uh, of Ruth again tomorrow. Uh, and as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And I'm telling you, I'm ex- excited to go through the book of Ruth with you, Matali. And, of course, all of you guys, too. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today we begin our study in the book of Ruth. 
and um, I'm excited because the book of Ruth is a cameo love story so I'm gonna read just a brief outline of what to expect in this study what the book of Ruth is about so Ruth is a cameo love story devotion and redemption set in the black context of the days of the judges it is the story of a Moabite woman who forsakes her pagan heritage in order to cling to the people of Israel and to the God of Israel because of her faithfulness in a time of national faithlessness God rewards her by giving her a new husband Boaz a son Obed and a privileged position in the lineage of David and Christ so she is the great-grandmother of King David so the book of Ruth Dr. Jamie McGee has divided it geographically and he's divided it like so in chapter 1 of this book it's in the land of Moab in chapter 2 it's in the fields of Boaz chapter 3 on the threshing floor of Boaz and chapter 4 in the heart and home of Boaz so this book is written in the time of the judges like the intro um, stated so this book um, comes at a time when there was gross immorality as seen in the life of Samson from the book of Judges. So in our study, in the conclusion of the book of Judges that we had yesterday, we saw how uh, the nation was decaying. So first you have um, moral um, awfulness, uh, before you get to um sorry you have uh sorry total apostasy and then um from from the total apostasy then you get to moral awfulness and from moral awfulness you have political anarchy and that's how a nation actually um goes down so we saw from the book of Judges the moral awfulness and the political anarchy that actually concluded that particular book and how the children of Israel um, were actually, um, how the children of Israel went into oppression you know, by the Philistines, like we saw from the example when Samson was a judge. So here, verse 1 of book of Ruth reads now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to dwell in the country of Moab he and his wife and his two sons okay so here um, like I said the book was written in the time of the judges and this book um, it comes at a time when there was actually gross immorality. So, um, you know, the famine here is, that's actually talked about here, is one of the 13 famines mentioned in the Old Testament. And, you know, they always comes, famine always comes during a time of judgment, and these were dark days. Um, the nation Israel was actually being judged because of their idolatry and their gross immorality so like we saw it's like a hoop in history you know um 
with these people, the children of Israel. You know, first they would go into idolatry and sin and, you know, go against God and then God would judge them. And, you know, <clears throat> when God judges them, they'll go back crying to God and God will, like, um, forgive them and raise a judge and just like that. So this famine was a judgment from God. <clears throat> and Dr. Chief McGee pointed out the fact that it's always important to know the meaning of a name or names that are given in the Old Testament. And here we have Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. Then Judah means praise. So here we have this family. They moved from Bethlehem to Moab because there was famine. So they moved um, from the house of praise and from the house of bread and praise to Moab. And <coughs> um, when we, if we turn to Psalms 108 verse 9 it reads moab is my washpot over edom i will cast my shoe over philistia i will triumph so here moab is god's washpot technically moab is god it's 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 god's garbage can so we have here um here we have this man he left with his family from the house of bread and praise and went over to eat out of a garbage can so this family were you know what would consider a prodigal family you know like the prodigal son he left his father's home and went to the far country so these people left um their home and went to a far country to moab a land full of idolatry so they didn't actually trust the lord enough to that he would be able to sustain them through the famine so that's why they left, because they didn't have that much faith and trust. But, like God deals with all prodigals, children, sons, family, they will get their threshing, their whipping in the far country. Because when they come home, there is no threshing, because God disciplines his own children. And Dr. Jivamaki pointed out one interesting fact that, you know, where he said, he noted, what if... uh. A prodigal son dies in the far country. Like the prodigal son, what if he had died? The one who was tending to the pigs. And, um, you know, his answer was he would have still died a son and not a pig because he is a child of God. Okay, so verse 2 goes on to read. The name of the man was Amalek. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of her two sons were Malon and Kilian. F. Ratitis of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. So here again, the meaning of their names. Um, so we have here Emelech. Emelech means God is my king. Naomi means pleasant. She was naturally a pleasant lady, and she never let anything, you know, get her down. And her sons, Malon, it mean, meant puny, and Kilian meant sickly. So, you know, Naomi, despite her situation, she was always a pleasant person, despite her children being sickly. Verse 3 goes on to read, Then Amalek, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. So, here, the threshing already has begun, so... um. Here it begins their whipping in the far country. Verse 4 goes on to read, Now they took wives of 
the women of Moab. The name of one was Opah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. So here, Opah means fawn or deer, because, um, you know, she could actually run very fast like a deer, a fawn. And Ruth, Ruth here means beauty. It means friendship. So she had a marvelous character, and she was beautiful. And... Um, she came to a knowledge of God. Verse 5 goes on to read. Then Malon and Killian also died, so the women survived her two sons and her husband. So now we have three widows here. Um, so Emelech died, who was her hus who was Naomi's husband, and her two sons also died. Verse 6 goes on to read. Then she rose with her daughters in law that she might return from the country of Moab to for she had heard in the country of for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread so she was she wanted to return back to her country so God had actually blessed the land again because they had returned to God verse 7 goes on to read therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return to the land of judah and naomi said to her two daughters-in-law go return each to her mother's house the lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me verse 9 the lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of your husband so she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept so here it's like she's telling them to go back you know she's technically telling them go back to your lives your idolatry and you, you can go back and marry you know may the lord deal kindly with you because they were so wonderful and so nice to her and um you know later on in the study we're gonna see you know one was actually faithful to the Lord and one went back to their idolatry. So we'll get to see that as we go on in our studies. So the rest here that she's talking about means they can go and actually get married. Okay, so this is where we'll end our study today. Well, I'm excited um, because this is a cameo love story. It just actually reveals the love God has for you and me looking forward to the rest of the study thank you all for listening and god bless you all and have a pleasant day bye, -bye.